coast to coast to coast, you're listening to Terra Informa. Hello and welcome back. I'm Elizabeth Dowdell, and I'll be your host for the next half hour of environmental news. I'd like to begin this episode by acknowledging that Terra Informa is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM, a campus and community recording studio located in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6, the historic and present territory of Cree, Métis, Blackfoot, Dene, and many other First Peoples. Treaty is about relationships, and the very least we can do in this relationship is acknowledge the people who continue to live and gather here, and who continue to influence the stories we make and our understanding of the land around us. On July 17th, Canadians held demonstrations outside of multiple CBC headquarters across the country, demanding the broadcaster hold a federal leaders debate about each party's platform on climate action and a Green New Deal. Terra Informers Hannah Cunningham, Sonic Patel, and myself attended the demonstration in Edmonton. While multiple local and some national news outlets reported on the rallies, the CBC itself was surprisingly quiet. A statement from CBC Head of Public Affairs, Chuck Thompson, stated, quote, It's the debate commission who determines which media organizations will host the official leaders' debate. Any decisions around topics of the debate would be driven by the editorial group that will be producing it. End quote. Rallies in Whitehorse and Yellowknife received coverage from the public broadcaster, while those in Edmonton and other major cities did not seem to garner any headlines. In anticipation of the upcoming federal election, this episode will be examining the federal party's proposed climate action policies based on the information they have made public to date. We'll also be talking with Stephen Bueller of Our Time, the group who organized the CBC Change the Debate rallies. Uh, we asked about the importance of climate action at the federal scale and why Canadians should be demanding the federal government seriously respond to the climate crisis. Finally, keep an ear out to hear some found audio from the demonstration itself. The climate crisis is predicted to be a major issue in the upcoming federal election. So, before we hear from Stephen Bueller and the CBC Change the Debate demonstration, we wanted to share some details about the climate action policies put forward by each of the four main federal parties so far. The Conservative Party of Canada's climate plan, labeled A Real Plan to Protect Our Environment, is available to explore at arealplan.ca. The Conservative plan does acknowledge the existence of anthropogenic climate change and claims they will attempt to meet the targets for Canadian emissions reduction set in the Paris Agreement. The plan states that technology, and not taxes, should be used to address the climate crisis. The plan also speaks to the importance of global actions to realistically impact the production of carbon emissions and the role Canada can have, claiming Canadian energy products can replace foreign energy sources and we can export green technology to the world. Under the plan, the Conservative government will set emission standards for major emitters. Those are emitters producing over 40 kilotons per year and will be required to pay into a research and development fund. The plan also provides tax credits to energy-efficient homes, but will remove the existing plan to mandate net-zero housing by 2030. The Conservative Party also proposes a reduction in the income tax on income generated from green technology developed and patented in Canada, 
from 15% to 5%. A green expansion accelerator also proposes the provision of $500 million to fund the expansion of lower emission industries. On the renewable energy front, the plan endorses the adoption of smart grid technology, strategic grid connections, and the adoption of renewable energy. Underlying many of the policies are claims to consult with provinces, industry leaders, and Indigenous groups. Many of the specifics of the proposed actions are not clear in the plan, and the economic or emissions impact of each action are unfortunately unavailable. In their climate reduction plan titled Mission Possible, the Green Party sets a bold goal of reducing greenhouse gas emissions by 60% against 2005 levels by the year 2030 and eventually reaching zero emissions by 2050. Major actions include declaring a climate emergency and modernizing the energy grid so renewable energy can be traded between provinces. Transit emissions will be reduced through the expansion of rail services with greater light rail and electric buses in urban and rural communities. The plan cites the creation of millions of jobs by retrofitting every building in Canada. To support the Alberta oil and gas sector, the plan describes ending all foreign imports of oil and using only Canadian fossil fuels to fuel the low-carbon transition. Participation in the next round of climate negotiations is one of the actions that the Green Party plan cites as putting pressure on other countries to increase their efforts. Other actions include a no-exception ban on fracking, eliminating all fossil fuels and electricity generation by 2030, mandating all new vehicles be electric-powered by 2030, and replacing all internal combustion engines by 2040, as well as ensuring the development of a pan-Canadian EV charging system. Reforestation is part of the plan in an attempt to sequester carbon in natural sinks. The plan also involves heavy investments in adaptation to protect our communities in the climate crisis. The Green Party also speaks to the importance of partnerships with communities, industry, and Indigenous peoples. The Green Party will maintain a carbon tax, reaching $50 per ton by 2022, and increasing $10 per ton until there are no more greenhouse gas reductions. The Green Party also includes the elimination of all subsidies to the fossil fuel industry. Much like the Conservatives' plan, the Greens are light on detail as to how all this will be accomplished. The Liberal Party's climate action policy is a continuation of the pan-Canadian framework on clean growth and climate change. Actions under this plan include the carbon tax, to rise to $50 per tonne by 2030. Other key actions include increasing renewable and non-emitting energy sources, including phasing out coal generation by 2030. The plan discusses adopting a net-zero building standard by 2030, as well as working with provinces and territories to provide energy use labelling and retrofit older buildings. Higher standards will also be set for appliances and equipment, but are not quantified. Within the transportation sector, the plan involves updating emission standards for vehicles, expanding the number of EVs, and investing in sustainable transportation infrastructure. Specific standards and mandates are not provided. Uh, innovation technologies are funded by Sustainable Development Technology Canada. A significant amount of the emissions reductions will come from the industrial sector, uh, with actions to reduce methane and hydrofluorocarbon, with actions to reduce methane and hydrofluorocarbon emissions, increasing efficiency and investing in new technology. Global efforts in the plan include commitments to help poor and vulnerable countries mitigate and adapt to the climate crisis, and working to ensure trade rules support climate policy. Resilience is discussed in actions that involve investing in disaster risk reduction infrastructure, and supporting adaptation in communities specifically mentioning vulnerable regions along the coast uh, in the north and indigenous communities. The Liberal carbon tax is revenue neutral, with some funding going to investing in other actions, 
while much of it returning to Canadians in a rebate. While the Liberal government has made many reassurances about the importance of climate action, recent evidence shows the increasing gap between Canadian emissions and progress towards the Paris Agreement target. The New Democratic Party's climate plan is titled Power to Change, a New Deal for Climate Action and Green Jobs. Like all the parties, the importance of collaborative action with Indigenous peoples and other groups is highlighted. The NDP policies include declaring a climate emergency and new carbon emission targets will be based on what the IPCC considers necessary to stabilize global temperature rise at 1.5 degrees Celsius. Uh, the NDP government proposes working with the provinces and territories to establish better methane emissions reductions and carbon pricing will continue, but rebates for lower income households will remain. Like the pan-Canadian framework, this plan involves enacting net zero energy building codes by 2030 and retrofitting large buildings and all housing stock in Canada. The NDP plan also discusses working with communities to enhance their resilience. To reduce transportation emissions, the NDP will work with communities on expanding and electrifying public transport, while working with interested communities on creating fare-free transit. To encourage the purchase of zero emissions vehicles, the NDP proposes providing a federal purchase incentive starting at $5,000, eventually rising to $15,000 and waiving the federal sales tax, with a target of having non-emitting vehicles equal to 100% of all automotive sales by 2040. The NDP will also work on providing better active transportation options, including a cycling strategy and will re-establish rural bus routes. On the energy side, the NDP is targeting having net carbon-free electricity by 2030 and 100% non-emitting energy by 2050. A Canadian climate bank will be established to distribute $3 billion to spur the low-carbon economy. The NDP also pledged to eliminate the $3.3 billion a year the federal government provides in oil and gas subsidies. On the global front, the plan discusses the importance of advancing diplomatic efforts, but is lacking on exactly what this entails. The NDP plan places a substantial focus on the economic value and jobs of their climate action plans, with actions like the non-emitting vehicle subsidy only applying to vehicles made in Canada that are intended to drive employment and lower emissions. The NDP plan estimates the creation of 300,000 jobs from the proposed actions. So the relevance of climate change as an election issue and the importance of federal action to address the climate crisis is evident in the policies of these major parties. And this is a belief clearly shared by many of the CBC demonstrators across Canada last week who demanded a debate about these policies be held and broadcast to the public. We'll go now to an interview between myself and Stephen Bueller with Climate Justice Edmonton and Our Time, a group that advocates for the importance of addressing the climate crisis and organized the Edmonton rally. On July 17th at 5 p.m., our terror informers left our newsroom at CJSR with the sun shining but arrived downtown to CBC headquarters as the summer thunderstorm was just beginning. After a thorough downpour, we finally made it to the main crowd of Our Time's CBC Change the Debate rally to catch some chants, songs, and this interview. Let's listen.
My name is Stephen Bueller. Uh, I'm with Climate Justice Edmonton and Our Time. Our Time is a national movement of young people calling for a Green New Deal in Canada. So something that respects Indigenous rights and makes sure that we make a just transition to a zero carbon economy while also you know, respecting the desires of the local communities and the best science that we have. It's not necessarily a prescriptive plan, but it's something that like, we hope every community develops and can push for from their local community. Okay, and you're here today uh, in downtown Edmonton outside of the CBC headquarters, and can you tell me what that's all about? Cool, yeah, so we are here outside of the CBC calling for uh, the CBC to hold a federal leaders debate on climate change. Uh, we know that we have 11 years to act and to actually make real, to take real steps on climate change. So yeah, we, we need, in this upcoming election in October, we need our federal leaders to tell us what their plans are and get up in front of all of Canada and you know explain how they're going to tackle climate change and what they're going to do to make sure that we make a transition to a zero carbon economy. Uh, so you're with our time, but can you tell me maybe a little bit about why you personally are here, how you got interested in the movement? Yeah, what engaged you and sort of when? Maybe a little bit of that backstory? Totally. Yeah. Um, so actually, uh, it might surprise a lot of people to find out that I actually work in uh, oil and gas. I'm a machinist, so this affects me very personally because, you know, the industry that I work in, I know is not good for the environment. It's not helping us uphold our, our Paris uh, targets. So, but I also, you know, at the end of the day, I still need to feed myself. I still need to keep a roof over my head. So I got involved in this because I want to see real investment and real change come from our government. You know, I, I look for, I, I look at the job postings regularly and there's, you know, it's just oil and gas out here and it's really unfortunate for working people in, in this area. You know, we don't, we don't have a lot of opportunity outside of oil and gas, which is really unfortunate. And, you know, we need leaders to actually be putting forward real alternatives to oil and gas jobs instead of you know, just, you know, the same old oil and gas instead of giving tax subsidies to incredibly wealthy corporations that really don't need it. So one of the results from today that you're hoping to see happen is a federal leaders debate on climate change and the Green New Deal. Anything else or anything immediate that our time is working towards? Anything else that people who are interested should know or places they can go to get more information? Cool. Uh, yeah, so our time, we, we've actually organized this across Canada. So this is happening in at least 20 different locations across Canada, actually more. Yeah, people are calling on the CBC to hold a federal leaders debate on climate change. So yeah, if you go to our-time.ca, there's some really great links on there. You can go to, I believe there's a tab at the top that says get involved and you can select your local community. So even if you don't live in Edmonton, you can, you know, if you're in Ottawa or Vancouver, or uh, one of the other major cities, there's like big hubs out there. But there's also many smaller hubs that are popping up all across Canada. So it's really easy to get involved, get organized, and you know, really get out and start pushing the idea of a Green New Deal to people on the streets. You know, lately we've been doing some canvassing, talking to local Edmontonians about, about a Green New Deal, what a Green New Deal could look like. And like, what I've seen, I've seen a lot of people get really excited about the idea. I think for once we're actually seeing a plan being put forward that really supports working people and actually like considers their struggles you know and I think that's that's really that's really powerful and something that is like really good to get behind and you know get organized with. Yeah. How has the 
reception from Edmonton been like when you're talking to people when you're doing your canvassing at actions like this yeah maybe a like a, a best response that you can think of and maybe one of like the worst experiences you've had so honestly like the worst experience that I've had I actually haven't had one people have been really really good about it you know I've even talked to people who were wearing UCP hats they didn't shout at me <laughs> you know uh, they I think because as soon as we present like an idea that is, you know, fleshed out and actually thinks about like what we can do for working people, they, they fall back a little bit and they're like, oh, this is like something that is actually more appealing than just giving tax breaks to, you know, wealthy corporations that really are just going to embed us further into the climate crisis. And some of the best interactions that I have had have been with other, you know, people who work in oil and gas. You know, a lot of them, especially electricians, they, they all understand that we have skills that are transferable outside of oil and gas. And, you know, I think that we don't need to be pandered to and told that, like, oh, you're, you work in oil and gas, we need to keep your oil and gas job. We just want jobs. And so, yeah, we have, we have skills that are very transferable into a zero-carbon economy. We just need those jobs available. We're on Instagram at Climate Justice Edmonton, all one word, and we are on Twitter as well. Uh, our Twitter is like honestly hilarious, uh, and I strongly recommend that people check it out uh, at CJ Edmonton. Um, yeah, and you can keep up with all the all the actions that are happening with our time in Edmonton, and uh, yeah. That was Stephen Mueller with Our Time, speaking from the CBC Change the Debate rally on July 17th. During and after the event, we asked bystanders and members of the campus community what they thought about climate change, the role of government in climate action, and their awareness about the upcoming election. We'll hear an interview from the night of the event first, and then follow up with some responses from the general public.
guess my first question is just um, if you'd be willing to introduce yourselves and then tell us why you're here today. I'm Donna Grodnick and I'm here because I think climate change is a really important issue and we're not moving fast enough to change things. And um, Jason Kenney cancelling the carbon tax and all of that is uh, not moving things in the right direction. Here demonstrating to call on the CBC to host a federal leaders debate. Can you tell me a little bit about what you'd like to see in a federal uh, climate plan? And I think it's really um, a global issue and it has to be done on, on a lot of different fronts and one of them has to be federal because the federal has more jurisdiction over a wider area and so they can implement broader policies that, that affect everyone. How long have you been uh, following climate change or would you call yourself an activist, a climate change activist in any way? Well, I come out to support things like this, but I'm not, I wouldn't call myself really an activist. Uh, probably at least 15 years, uh, maybe 20. But I've always been concerned about having a car that's energy efficient or gets as good gas mileage as possible. And one of my dreams is to have a garage with solar panels and that kind of stuff. Cool, yeah. So, yeah, so it's always been an interest. Yeah. Are there any people or actions that are giving you hope or inspiring you around climate change right now? Well, I think there's a lot of things. Um, David Suzuki Foundation's always been involved in, in educating people and that's probably that's where I first got into it was with uh, things like that seeing things on TV and hearing things on the news but I think the CBC has to be saying more stuff. How much would you say you're aware of the federal um, leadership contestants plans for addressing the climate crisis and how important do you think it is to have this debate at a national scale to inform people about that? I don't think they're really doing enough. Uh, you know, Justin Trudeau tries to please everyone and he'll go to a conference and he'll say, well, we've got this resource under our feet. It would be crazy not to exploit it. So he says that and on the other hand, he'll say that we can, we can protect the environment at the same time and build pipelines. And to me, that's just not, it's not really feasible. We have to be moving forward faster. And I think when you keep producing more oil and pipelines, it slows things down and it means that you don't change things, which is why the carbon tax is important because you normally you'll see when gas prices go up, people start selling their big trucks and, and uh, going to smaller cars, more energy efficient cars. So I think the carbon tax does work and it has to, that has to be implemented federally. Yeah, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. We can get your name. Danielle Burrell. And Danielle, first question is, how important do you think climate change is in the upcoming federal election? It's very important. It's always a hot button issue and it's something that we don't do enough about. And from what you know about the Canadian public, how important do you think climate action will be in the upcoming federal election? Um, it'll be very important. There's always that East versus West um, oil versus climate debate that happens um, and that's not going to go away this election. And from what you know about the four main parties running in the federal election, how aware are you of their climate action plans? I haven't looked them up yet. And when you are going to look 
for that information, which sources do you think will be most influential for you to find that information? Uh, I generally go straight to the source first and look at the party platforms, but then it is often social media and news outlets that carry the brunt of the conversation. Great, thanks so much for your time. If I can start just by getting your names, if that's cool. Adil. I'm Aditya. So I guess my first question, what do you know about the uh, federal kind of parties and their climate change platforms? I don't know. Well, I don't know about the federal change, but I do know about the climate change. I mean, you know, like, I'm not really into politics, so oh, I don't really know about the federal parties, but what's going on right now in Canada regarding carbon capture and stuff, yeah, I, I'm reading about it, but not really, you know, related to the federal politics. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess related to that, to that um, how important is federal action for climate, for the climate change to you? Actually, currently Shell, you know, the, the company Shell, they've started a big uh, project known as Quest. So um, I'm currently following them. I mean, they're, they're working in carbon capture storage systems. So, which is, uh, of course, uh, they're trying to reduce global warming. And uh, yeah, I mean, my, my project is on carbon capture as well. So some, I mean, I'm quite into environmental technology, something, you know, something I can relate to. So yeah, that's what I'm... You're a student here on campus then? Yeah, I'm doing my master's in chemical engineering. Okay, yeah, cool, yeah, cool. yeah. In terms of climate change then, uh, it sounds like it's not, you feel like there's a lot of room for industry to take the leadership then. Yeah. It's not necessarily the federal government that should be taking that lead. When you're looking for information about sort of who's taking leadership on climate action, can I ask what sort of sources you go to? Yeah, so there are some articles coming on, you know, the Google platform every day. So the f uh, one thing is about uh, about Jason Kenney, first of all, who who tried to, you know, convince uh, Trudeau to get the expansion project going on. And of course, Alberta got the approval from the federal government. So that, that was one big, uh, you know, it was a good thing for Alberta, uh, but unfortunately, you know, the uh, the people from British Columbia are not very satisfied with the project due to the environmental spills around, and uh, you know that's. But again, that's. Uh, I, I guess this this project could be, you know, it could boom the economy in Canada. So I guess, yeah, definitely Alberta should go for it, and they should start the project. Yeah. As an election issue, do you think the environment, like, is that a big issue to you personally? Um, can you just come come again? Yeah. Like in terms of uh, election issues, is the environment a big one that you would follow personally? I mean, as an as an uh, international student, you know, from like definitely economy, but then, uh, you know, that's what I'm trying to do actually in my uh, like I'm I'm trying to do a project in which I'm basically benefiting the environment by capturing CO2 from the atmosphere, mm -hmm. but ultimately it's enhancing the economy of you know society. So. So it's supposed to be both, right? I mean, yeah. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for giving like the international student perspective. For more information about the climate crisis and the upcoming election, stay tuned to Terra Informa or check out our website. That's all the time we have for this week. So thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments about the show, send us an email to Tara at cjsr.com, tweet us at Tara Informa, or check us out on Facebook. To catch up on the latest environmental news, visit our website, terrainforma.ca.
Thank you to our volunteers and Tara Informers, Sonic Patel and Hannah Cunningham for helping out with this week's episode. Tara Informa is entirely volunteer run and survives because of generous donations to our host studio, CJSR 88.5 FM. Visit CJSR.com to learn more about the station and consider a donation to keep environmental news like this on the air. I've been your host, Elizabeth Dowdell. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you'll catch us next week right here on Terra Informa.